Thanks for tuning into the Tom Nicola podcast, the audio version of my written articles. Like my website, I don't load my content with advertisements, but I do want to mention a couple of things I personally offer. First, the Nicola newsletter. Each Thursday, I send out my latest blog post and a popular article from my archive, along with other valuable content I've come across the previous week. My subscribers love getting their newsletter because it contains more than my own articles. Of course, it's free. Just go to tomnicola.com slash subscribe. Second, when you're ready to get serious about your health and fitness and want an efficient and effective program to follow, join Vigor Training. You get access to all of my workout programs for just $29 per month. Learn more and join at tomnicola.com slash vigor. On to the article. Who's concerned about our children's and grandchildren's future? What kind of country will America be when our grandchildren grow up? How will my choices today shape that future 20 years from now? I frequently ask myself these two questions, especially with the country's direction as of late. Though communism is still an ideology of the minority here and abroad, its power grows in strength with each stroke of President Biden's pen and mainstream media's propaganda. As Abraham Lincoln pointed out long before becoming the president, if America is to be destroyed, its own people will destroy it. His words have never seemed more prophetic. Quote, At what point, then, is the approach of danger to be expected? I answer, if it ever reach us, it must spring up amongst us. It cannot come from abroad. If destruction be our lot... We must ourselves be its author and finisher. As a nation of free men, we must live through all time or die by suicide. Abraham Lincoln, 1838. As a grandparent, I'm afraid of what the world could be once our grandson becomes an adult. In the past, it made sense to leave the politics to the politicians. But today, the politicians want to rewrite the Constitution and dictate health policy, morality, and have the state become the church. Is communism really a concern for our country? President Trump said that America would never become a socialist nation. Communism is even worse. Isn't it a little extreme to think that could happen here? Not anymore. As W. Cleon Skusen wrote in The Naked Communist, when Karl Marx was asked what his objective in life was, he said, to dethrone God and destroy capitalism. The utopian society communism promises comes at a cost. It requires the dismantling, you've been hearing politicians use that word a lot lately, of everything in a society that's based on capitalism, Christian values, and individual thought. A successful communist society eliminates those who disagree and does away with freedom of speech and thought. How would that happen? Through their different writings, Marx, Engels, and Stalin outlined the process, which sounds vaguely familiar when you consider current events. The following passage comes straight from The Naked Communist. They, Marx and Engels, felt it could be done in three steps. First, by wiping out the old order. There is but one way of simplifying, shortening, and concentrating the death agony of the old society as well as the bloody labor of the new world's birth. 
revolutionary terror. Second, the representatives of the working class must then set up a dictatorship of the proletariat. Joseph Stalin described the things which must be accomplished during this period of the dictatorship. 1. Completely suppress the old capitalist class. 2. Create a mighty army of defense to be used for the consolidation of the ties with the proletarians of other lands and for the development and the victory of the revolution in all countries. 3. Consolidate the unity of the masses in support of the dictatorship. 4. Establish universal socialism by eliminating private property and preparing all mankind for the ultimate adoption of full communism. Third, the final step is the transition from socialism to full communism. Socialism is characterized by state ownership of land and all means of production. Marx and Engels believed that after a while, when class consciousness has disappeared and there is no further resistance to be overcome, the state will gradually wither away and then property will automatically belong to all mankind in common. Later, Lenin explained how the dictatorship of the proletariat would pave the way for this final phase. He said, the dictatorship would be an organization for the systemic use of violence by one class against the other, by one part of the population against another. But, striving for socialism, we are convinced that it will develop further into communism, and side by side with this, there will vanish all need for force, for the subjection of one man to another, of one section of society to another, since people will grow accustomed to observing the elementary conditions of social existence without force and without subjection. Even in the latter stages of socialism, Lenin visualized a world without courts, lawyers, judges, rulers, elected representatives, or even policemen. All these would be swept down into the limbo of forgotten and useless appendages, which characterized the old order of decadent capitalism. Skusin W. Cleon, the Naked Communist. What would crushing capitalism and dethroning God involve? Economic collapse? The encouragement of immoral behavior? Doing away with the nuclear family? And the encouragement of lawlessness acted out on those who oppose the cultural shift? It's happening faster now than ever, which is why I fear the future our grandson may live in if we don't stop it. Immorality and the Mocking of God Just before COVID-19 came along, drag queen storytelling made its way across the country. Numerous public libraries promoted it as a family-friendly event. Think about that for just a moment. Taking a child to hear stories told by a man dressed as a woman and suggesting it's family-friendly. That's one way to normalize immoral behavior and chip away at the nuclear family. Many public schools are starting to include transgender issues in their curriculum. Joe Biden even stated he supported the gender reassignment of an eight-year-old. On top of that, teachers in some public schools teach kids that those born with white skin are inherently racist, as though it's some genetic defect. 
like confessing your sin and asking for forgiveness from God, you're supposed to confess your whiteness and ask for forgiveness from others. And let's not forget about the brewing effort to normalize pedophilia or the effort to codify abortion, which kills more than 600,000 babies in the U.S. each year. What could this turn into in 20 years? Quote, If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned into the depths of the sea. Matthew 18.6 Fabricating unfairness. There's much about the world that's unfair and unjust. There's lots of bad stuff and circumstances. Even still, the world is better in almost every measurable way it could be, and good people have a desire to keep making things better. Unfortunately, we're suckers for anything that triggers our negativity instinct, the instinct to notice the bad more than the good. As Hans Rosling explains in his book Factfulness, our negativity instincts get triggered by the misremembering of the past, selective reporting by journalists and activists, and the feelings that as long as things are bad, it's heartless to say that things are getting better. Power-hungry politicians want nothing more than us to believe we're a country of oppressors and oppressed, advantaged and disadvantaged, the righteous and the deplorables. When you look at the facts, the gaps and divides aren't close to the size suggested, and they're getting smaller with time. But the more the media talks about them, the more we see them. Those politicians and their marketers, the mainstream media, leverage the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon to reinforce the belief that things are, getting, are bad and getting worse. They show one-sided stories of cops attacking criminals and skip all the stories that show them saving people's lives to help people hate the cops. They pick out a racist asshole in a Trump shirt to make sure people believe all Trump supporters are racist to help people hate all who voted for Trump. They show all the celebrities getting the COVID-19 vaccine and ignore the thousands of people who've died and tens of thousands who the vaccine has injured already to help people hate those who say no to the vaccine. Rather than thinking for themselves, too many adults take the talking heads words and views as truth. They don't think for themselves. They let the media do it for them. If we remain passive about this, our children and grandchildren will simply adopt the government and MSM, mainstream media, dogma, and put little to no effort into thinking for themselves. Protection of feelings. Very little of the current administration's focus has been on national and international policies that ensure the United States remains strong and successful. Instead, most of what they're focusing on revolves around how one group of people feels based on another group's actions, words, or policies. For example, President Biden signed an executive order forcing schools to accept athletes on the girls' team who were once boys. Those individuals get to compete against biological girls with a well-proven, significant physical advantage. They also get to bathe in the girls' locker room and use the girls' bathroom. If everyone remains quiet, this change will be forced upon girls. 
At a minimum, it eliminates their chance to compete, not just for a state championship, but also for much-needed and hard-earned scholarships. It also crosses the line of privacy that I can't imagine the average father being okay with. There's a time to politely smile and quietly disagree. This isn't one of them. Quote, The will to be polite, to maintain civility and normalcy, is fearfully strong. I wonder sometimes how much evil is permitted to run unchecked simply because it would be rude to interrupt it. Alex E. Harrow, The Ten Thousand Doors of January Like many things in life, you can't have it both ways. In this case, changing genders should disqualify someone from competing with the opposite biological sex. It would seem the desire to change genders is about more than competing in sports. So one could accept that reality and move on with life. Choosing to feel like that's unfair is still a choice. Until recently, kids learned to deal with difficult people and circumstances. In most cases, they ignored the offenders and moved on with life. Though they knew it wasn't easy, parents didn't attempt to jump in and protect them from every hurt feeling. Today, though, parents jump in to protect their kids' feelings, colleges jump in to protect the feelings of their students, and the government is jumping in to protect the feelings of its people. We need to model suck-it-up-titude for our kids and get over the fear of offending someone else with our candor. In life, you allow others to hurt your feelings. Your feelings are yours. So holding on to hurt feelings is a choice. How will this choice affect my children's or grandchildren's future? The challenge with thinking about the distant future is that it's distant. We may not be around when it takes place. That didn't change the choices of those who formed the United States. It didn't change the decisions of those who lost their lives in the Civil War to end slavery, or who went to war to beat Hitler. It hasn't stopped people throughout history who saw the lives of their children and grandchildren as more important than their own. Most of us don't need to put our lives on the line to protect those futures. We might need to give up some short-term conveniences. For example, Vanessa and I plan, plan to take our grandson to Florida. Though we've flown a lot in the past 10 years, we didn't even discuss the possibility. We'll drive the three days instead of flying for three hours. First, we don't want to take him through the disturbing environment of thousands of people wearing masks. Second, we don't want to play a role in normalizing mask wearing. If we succumb to it now, especially when there's little evidence to support its use, what will masking up become 20 years from now when he's a young adult? We'll face a lot of those decisions in the years to come. Some will be small inconveniences and no, no doubt others will be more significant sacrifices. But then again, if the choice results in a better future, is it really a sacrifice anyway? <laughs>